Welcome back. Reel it in. Episode 2.0, I guess. 17? 18? What was 19? it? I don't know. 17 was the last one, Okay, I think. so 18. 18. Kevin knows more than we do. <laughs> no, this is good. I like this. <laughs> well, I was looking and I was like 16 and I was like, 16 was also the, whatever, the one you did a year and a half ago. Well, yeah. it's unfortunate the episode is an episode 11 or episode 101 because then it would be a palindrome. That's right. We're talking about Tenet today, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Oh, I 11 see. 11 isn't a palindrome. Yes, it, yes, it is. 11 one, is the one. same forwards as it is backwards. That's a palindrome. Yeah, but... The word 11 is not... No, I was talking about episode 11 <laughs> or episode 101. I'm talking about the numbers as palindromes, Andrew. The no one ever says numbers are palindromes. Well, yes, when you look them the up on the talk about uh, podcast list, they would be palindromes. True. In your face. Anyways, <laughs> I'm joined, however, by two esteemed guests and one not as esteemed. <laughs> yeah, Kevin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to my left, I have... Hello, I am Benjamin. And then way out there in the distance. It's Kevin. I'm still here. I'm still far away. Yeah. And then someone else. Yeah. Andrew. S- some, some guy <laughs> who doesn't believe in palindromes. Yeah, numbered palindromes. palindromes. Andrew hates, ba- he hates I hate numbers, boats. Water. He hates palindromes. I hate numbers. But he likes fishing. I, I hate numbers fishing. and I hate boats. And live service games. <laughs> and live service games. So you would hate like a live service numbered boat game? Yes, I would <laughs> Andrew, hate that. Andrew's like, what? <laughs> My first thought would, what hell has spawned? Yeah, <laughs> what hell hath they brought upon me? You. That sounds awful, like a like a math buster math, math boat game. Where, you, <laughs> yeah, where oh, every, no. as the game is like, it's a. Is and, that what Skull and, and Bones like, is? Just, I'm pretty no. There's a, no. There is a pirate game. There is a pirate game online that when you play it, like to do like moves, you have to like you spell, and you have to type it out. And if you type it out quicker, you attack your opponent uh, faster. That sounds fun. It's, it's like a typing game. Yeah, yeah. That, that doesn't include boat driving and numbers. Welcome to uh, welcome to Biomodded. Yeah, welcome to Biomodded. <laughs> Anyways, where we talk about a whole bunch of things like what we've been watching. Yeah. Let's start with Andrew. Oh, uh, I watched a ton of Disney movies because um, I've been watching the animated Disney movies in release order, and so I watched. <laughs> you know, uh, Andrew just comes up with these arbitrary oh things he does, and I have, I I follow some of it, but uh, and I'm on Aristocats, or I watched Aristocats, Robin Hood, Jungle Book. And Winnie, Adventures of Winnie the Pooh and the Rescuers. Oh, so good. All yeah. of those movies. Yeah. Adventures of Winnie the Pooh in Rescue Rangers. Yeah, in Rescue <laughs> Rangers. Uh, and then I also watched Christopher Robin. Um, the, the live action? The live action with Ewan McGregor. Uh, it was good. It's all right. Yeah. It definitely, it did have, it got the uh, Disney tear-jerking moment from Yeah, it, it had like heartwarming uh, but then, like other than that, I was like, it was it was fine. It's pretty paint by numbers. Yeah, Christopher Robin forgets who he is, and mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh comes back and makes him remember. And you're yeah. like, my funny childhood. thing is, it wasn't really Winnie the Pooh. It was like Winnie the Pooh's friends. It was really weird. It was like he went on this like weird thing, yelled at Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh left, and then like the rest of the cast showed up, and he was like, oh, now I'm going to have fun. And it was just like well, that was kind of weird. But hold on, I mean. The best character in Winnie the Pooh is Gopher. He wasn't in the, in the movie. I know, but I'm just definitely not the <laughs> Chinese need, leader. I need to get get that out there. <laughs> maybe, that's the maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. 
My wife, hate, my wife is a huge Winnie the Pooh fan, and she hates that my two favorite characters in Winnie the Pooh are Owl and the Gopher. <laughs> <laughs> Owl's great, dude. Owl is awesome. Why he would, is really. Why should be mad about? Know, and Gopher like, is. I don't great. know what it is. You know, he's off the books. He is off the books. He's off the books. <laughs> the he's best laundering is like money. When he falls back into the hole. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, like that and was an awful Gopher noise, but yeah. Uh, I really uh, appreciate those movies. I like. I think that was a. A weird way to say this because I feel like they've always been in a golden age, but a golden age of Disney, of like a lot of animal focused movies. And just beautiful 2D animation. Yeah. And so that caused uh, weird furry yeah. for years to Fandoms. come. The weird <laughs> dude, dude, made Miriam and then Miss Bianca from yeah. like Rescuers and Robin Hood. This is like strangely like, yeah. you're like, those animators, man, they were. They're up there with like the Amy Joe Johnson. Yeah. Right? Pink Ranger, like my first crushes. Like Oh yeah. Yeah, they're right there. And uh what was it? The not the Church of Ratchet, but the something of Ratchet. There was a group of people that like oh, worshipped Ratchet from, from Rescue, Rescue, Ranger Rescue, Ranger. Rescue Rangers. Oh. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> <For his name. laughs> yeah. Uh no, but just really We don't well shame here, Andrew. No. Yeah, yeah. Except I, for you. Yeah. <laughs> we shame Andrew. Boats, numbers. <laughs> Live service and furries. Yeah. <laughs> I had furries to the list. Uh, and I think that was pretty much it. If you're keeping score at I'm, home of a bingo card. Yeah. It's like things Andrew, Andrew hates. <laughs> furries, bingo. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. Bingo. Actually, uh, boats, uh, uh, furries. Got it. Yep. <laughs> uh, other than that, though, I think I've really just been doing that and my Korean TV shows. But. I'm sorry, what's that? <laughs> my Korean TV show. Just the yeah. normal, just, you know. You gotta keep so up on are you talking about like anime? No, 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 no. No, this is a, like a, like a. Anthony, we've been over this so what many are, times. What are those? These soap operas? These soap all operas. the time. No, I don't watch K-dramas. Um, K-dramas. Yeah. Is that really what they're called? Yeah, they're like the soap opera. You don't opera. just get to put K in front of everything and then call it your own. Well, it's, 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 they're soap operas, but like. But there's Koreans in them. Yeah, uh, but it's more than that. It's like I know, but you don't get to go K drama, K pop, K. Well, they do. So whatever they, they do. K Mart, and they get K-Mart. upset about <laughs> us Korean, Korean saying Mart. that we <laughs> exclude them. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Special K. No, no, no. They're yeah, like, special K. Oh, like, oh no. Special K. Oh no, you've gone too far. <laughs> I forgot the name. We haven't gone like, far. <laughs> where it's like a, it's like real. Life, I have another real one, life but TV I will not. Yeah, <laughs> I got, I got some with K in it. Uh, Maybe three of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot the name of it. Real life TV. What? Reality TV. Oh, there you go. Uh, real, okay. real, real life, real uh, real reality, 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 reality TV, TV show called uh same bed different dreams wow yeah, kevin what are you watching? <laughs> it's about celebrity couples about korean Koreans, celebrity, celebrity k couples. celebrities k celebrity couples. <laughs> or celebrities celebrities k actors yeah k actors. <laughs> maybe but then there's also like old k-pop idols and singers and news anchors kevin what are you been watching <laughs> Well, I will. Uh, there's two main things I'll, because Andrew mentioned Disney movies. I watched the live action Mulan because number one, I didn't have to pay thirty dollars to watch it like when it first came out. Like we did, like I did. Oh, I'm so like, sorry. Or um, like Ben did. I, I didn't pay. I had been waiting for it to be on streaming because I was like, I I do want to see this movie, but I'm not paying thirty dollars for it. But 
Smart. Um, I didn't hate it, but I also thought it was very, like, uh, it was like ice cream without any sugar in it. Gross. <laughs> so you didn't, you don't hate that? Because, like, I would hate that. That's fair, actually. Okay, the bad like analogy. If someone bad gave, analogy. Just, if someone just, gave uh, me ice cream and I ate him, like, just plain, this doesn't have any taste to it. Just plain like, vanilla. Yeah, I didn't add any sugar. Just plain vanilla. Just plain vanilla. But no sugar. Yeah, no, 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 no. Sugar, but it's just plain uh, vanilla. I mixed because Wait, I... are you talking crap on vanilla ice cream right now? I mean, it's 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 plain. No, it's not. It's the best ice cream. I mean, it's got a it's, very it's, specific it's, taste. Yeah, and but I'm it's ta- plain. No, I'm talking about plain vanilla. I'm not no, talking no, no. about vanilla bean. That's, I'm not no, talking no. about vanilla if you, this. If you... And that's like, how and that's how Kevin no, feels. No, vanilla ice cream is no, no, the no. best. That, ice cream. That's how Kevin like feels. I would say it's like plain Greek yogurt. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, or just yeah, plain taste. plain Greek yogurt. That's yeah. a good analogy. Vanilla is a very specific taste. I I'm conflicted on it because I watched this movie with my mom, and it was like a cool bonding moment. Because as I told you guys yesterday, the villain of the movie. Uh, Bori Khan, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Boring Khan. Um, <laughs> boring Khan. Is yeah, played by by Jason Scott Lee, who was in the live action Jungle Book in the Bruce Lee movie. And um, I told you guys this yesterday, but my mom worked with his mom back in Honolulu. Yeah. The the oh the the nineties one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was cool because I mean neither of us had seen a movie with him in it since forever. Um. And then also the fact that I am Chinese, in case. Oh. <laughs> okay. That was maybe a little too far, Ben. <laughs> <That way. laughs> the only thing Ben's missing is a gong behind yeah. him. <laughs> no, it was... Um, We're very sensitive. <laughs> it's weird because I don't think anything specific about the movie was really bad, but... The acting was pretty bad. The acting, okay, thank you. The acting was by far the worst part. The opening wireworks. Yeah, like some of that stuff. But I mean, I was, it was cheesy. More, it wasn't bad. It was just like, okay, this yeah. is this movie. Yeah, I was overall bothered by the. I think the thing that that bugged me the most was her just being like a superhero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when she shows up and she. But her chi is strong. Her chi is strong, but then she's like showing up and she's like kicking spears in the air back into people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. So physically, there's actually. I'm actually not scared at all that you're just. It, it felt like if you put her on the field by herself, <laughs> she, she could, could take out. Yeah, she could fight the whole army. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the acting was not good. Um,. I think Bori Khan was a very bland villain. Mm-hmm. I, he was like, I'm bad. I do bad things. Um, I think the, the shape-shifting witch was ironically more interesting than him. But I, <laughs> it, it just felt like a very Disney, a modern Disney movie where there's there's no real stakes. There's no real danger. It's just everything's kind of like... You got pretty sprinkles on everything. By the books. Well, it's annoying because the the animated movie, which I know they were trying to like go a different route, but then they didn't with some areas. And instead of trying to stick true to those moments, they it was like a watered down version. Um, yeah. Like her 
passing a challenge to prove herself to the army was just like, oh, I'm using my superpower chi to do it. Whereas like in the original animated movie, it was she used her techniques that she learned like that she used her smarts and wits. Right. And to her intelligence. Herself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what bothered me the most is like the original Mulan, the animated Mulan is very much a, in my opinion, one of the most empowering for women because it's just like she was able to overcome the obstacles, not because of some special thing, mm-hmm. but because she worked hard. Yeah, tenacity to, and hard work. Yeah, and that's where they took all of that and then threw it away for this movie. Right. Because it's like, you're special because you have this chi that you're born with that your family doesn't have, but you do. And it's just like, oh, okay. Or, like, did her dad have her it? Dad, her dad yeah, had like, some special, unique... He just kept it hidden. They, yeah. they kind of implied that her dad... Well, I don't know about implied. They explained that, I guess, he was a really good warrior, yeah. like, when he was young. And it's just like... They they took all of those elements that I really enjoyed out of the animated movie, and then we're like, we're going to have some scenes that are going to call back to this, but we're not going to do it as well. Like, the avalanche scene was so dumb of just like... <laughs> it's the weirdest avalanche these, I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, these, cat- these guys on this catapult can hit perfect pre- precision of the entire army, but when there's a person behind a boulder, they miss by a mile, and that's what right. causes the avalanche. It's just like, and there was uh, some Last Jedi logic going on yeah. where she somehow got behind beside them, even though yeah. they're all standing there they're looking all standing at her. They're looking at her, and then she, she gets right. around. The, the other thing to bother me about that battle that you're talking about is that uh, they charge and they're all on horseback, and then the next <laughs> time you see them, they're all on foot. Yeah, there's no horses in the yeah. scene anymore. And I was like, so they just stop and get off the horse and then, then <laughs> and then tell the horses to leave that Hold was a, wait a second i mean <laughs> yeah get, hang get on one second that was the, the Hold main fire <laughs> I, I feel like in the animated movie the i think it was the huns right yeah they yeah. were the huns specifically yeah. i was more intimidated by the huns in the animated movie yes than much. i was in this movie well and that's the other thing is like as much as uh like we have a connection and nostalgic for brandon scott lee it's just like he he doesn't have the physicality to play that role, in my opinion. That so, guy J- is Jason Scott Lee. Jason Scott Lee. Okay, yeah. not Brandon Scott Lee is J- Bruce Lee's son, isn't he? Yes, he's yeah. the uh, oh the crow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ta-ta! No, he he just doesn't have the physicality to play that role because that dude in the original is oh like, he's massive. Huge. He's like the Rock. Yeah, he's he, like he's the a big guy. version of the Rock, and that's it's just like you need that presence. Yeah. of that character. And it just wasn't there at all. Well, and it, it when you see them attacking the cities, it's like they just send in the shapeshifter and she just kills everyone. Yeah. And then... And they're, like, doing... Running up the wall and doing, like, ninja stuff. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I get it's a Disney movie, but I really thought that the movie could have benefited from, like, being a little more... I don't want to say realistic, but a but little... grounded. Yeah. yeah, a little darker, because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a war movie, essentially. Yeah. And everything. Well, the felt- fir- the first one is can be dark. Yeah, like it showed like destruction mm-hmm. and right. And you get that one scene where like they walk by and they see all like the armor and stuff from the. But that's the only scene you don't actually see when you see the guys fighting like the bad guys. It's like there's like ten of them sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the movie, when the uh, <laughs> the group of millennials fights the. Uh, <laughs> you, you know mean, what I'm talking you about. Mean backwards bow man. 
Oh, okay. Okay, that's the other thing is there were so many parts in this movie, uh, especially the battle scenes where I was like, I would just yell out loud and be like, what? <laughs> and my mom's on? like, what? what? What happened? I'm like, did he just do that? <laughs> just cricket. Oh, like, oh, Master Archer cricket can oh, yeah, shoot that. arrow oh, the, behind the, his back. The enemy, do, he like drops down, jumps up, flips around on the horse, and it's backwards oh, yeah. shooting. Oh, yeah, the backwards like... Okay, some of that was cool though because yeah, it was cool looking, but it was like what? Well, because the uh, like the Mongols actually did do some of that. I don't know about jumping, turning around. No, the Mongols were excellent horse archers. Yeah, they could shoot backwards. Yeah, they like lived and died by horse archery, and that's the reason why they were so good um, in military warfare. Is that just their superior use of weapons and Mm -hmm. the bow itself is like legendary. Yeah, and I wanted a little more, you know. I wanted them to strike fear in me a little more, but it's a Disney movie, so you know I can't expect too they much. But they to, did it in they the used, animated. They used yeah. to strike fear in you. Also, the animated movie had banger songs. Oh and this gosh. one's yes. soundtrack not as good at all. You got the revamped version of Reflection. Reflection at the very end. Well, and then it plays when she turns back into a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, in that reveal, yeah, that was sucked. really weird when they changed her into an actual man, yeah. and then they turned yeah. back, turned yeah. her back well, into and that's a girl. Like, like in the original, it's just trying to compare it to the animated movie. The animated movie is just far superior in every way. It is, and that's where it's just hard. Whereas, like Jungle Book, is different, and I loved the adaption of Jungle Book, which and live action the Jungle li- Book, uh, the John Favreau. One. I know. I'm just um, and just the it it had the same kind of elements, but it changed things, and I was able to enjoy it. Um, and Mulan, I was expecting that out of Mulan, and yeah. it was just like such a letdown of like every aspect of you know her getting found out was because of an avalanche that she caused to save the army, right? And so then they're like, we're going to cast you out, like. You deserve death for this, but we're going to cast you out. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, but she just saved you guys. like, And all of that is taken away from from this one. Yeah, although I, and, that part I was kind of, I kind of got that, like, they said before that in the camp, like, dishonesty is basically expulsion. No, and that I... Dishonor on you. No, that, yeah. Dishonor on you, cow. <laughs> Your whole that's family. From that, that's from that movie, from the animated movie. Uh, no, it's it's... I, I get that. It's just, you know, she didn't cause the avalanche in this. So the person that took out the Huns were the Huns in the live action movie. Hun on Hun action. Yeah, the Hun on Hun action. <laughs> that that weird Hun Mongol like yeah. hybrid. Thing. Yeah, they they took themselves out by That's causing hot. The by causing the avalanche. That's true. Where it's like she deliberately did that risking her own life and exposing herself because to save the army. And that was like those elements are all taken out. Right. And it's just... Also, know. it was really weird when Mulan and the witch lady fought on Felucia. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the <laughs> random... The, the random gas. Yeah, like, like area. where did this come from? Uh, it was like... I, I was asking my mom at the time. I was like, are they like... Where are they? And she was like, oh, maybe it's like a volcano or something. I'm like, okay. That kind of makes sense. I don't know why it's green. And it yeah. looked like but it was like frozen ice, but like it was like frozen sulfur. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it yeah. was just a weird, hardened, hardened it was just sulfur. A weird from where they were type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Like... But yeah, I do want to talk about something good that I watched. 
Oh. And that is, I finished the first season of The Boys. Mm. The Boys. And as, as I told you guys last night, it's already one of my top five favorite shows of all time. It's pretty good. Because I, I watched the whole season. I actually don't think, I can't think of any flaws that I saw on that show. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, fight scenes are really bad. But I disagree. I'm, I'm trying to think. They're, super, they're superhero fighting. Like, I don't. I'm trying to think no, about what fight scenes there I, were. What What are you talking about? There's so many other things where they do superhero fighting better. The The choreography is bad. And the editing and the sh- like how it's shot. I've watched and... Powers, so I can't complain because that was pretty bad. Oh, was it? Yeah. I didn't watch Powers. I'm trying to think of what what fights. Well, yeah, I mean, what, there was what superhero like, TV show has Kamiko and Black Noir, fight. Uh, yeah, which was that. a good fight scene. Yeah, because they they go back and forth a little bit, and Black ah. Noir's got piercing dialogue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to me, it's they do the 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 quick cuts before hits, and they they do it to the umpteenth degree in that show. And it is my only criticism of the entire show is is uh, it's poor choreography and fight oh, okay with, that's, that's fair like you know superhero i mean i've seen better choreography in cw shows but but no one watches cw shows no <laughs> <laughs> i was uh now everything about that show is i mean the dialogue is really good the acting is really good they find a way to have storylines with all of these main characters and do it in a way where it, it feels you know, I was never like, okay, I'm getting, we're getting kind of hung up on this one person. They have a way of kind of moving between each of the uh, the characters and kind of, yeah. yeah, sprinkling a little bit here and there. Um, so season two was the only, and it it doesn't last long, but the only time that I felt one of the storylines was throw away, and I didn't enjoy it. Oh, he's got to finish season two yeah. because I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm I'm three episodes in the season two. So far, it's like okay, things are getting shook up a little bit. But the finale of season one, I was, oh, it was so good. Mm-hmm. Just everything. If we're uh, can I can I spoil? Yeah, yeah, two? okay. Spoilers for yeah, season when, one, boys. When Homelander killed Stillwell, I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, and and, and just everything after that of like then. You know, uh, him blowing them up and then like waking up and finding out yes. that his wife is actually still alive and but, has but Homelander's son. Yeah, that was a great twist because then I'm like, oh, this is going to be interesting to see. And then I've seen a little bit of that play out where he's like a dad. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, you're like me. You can jump off this building. Oh, is that way? You're totally fine. Yeah, he falls <laughs> off the building. Yeah, and, and just like face plants. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> Pushes yeah. him off the house. It's so good, but um, I I mean I'm sure they're doing more than two seasons, right? Yes, yeah. okay. they've already confirmed a third good. season. Okay, yeah, it's one of the the best shows I've seen in a long time, and I'm looking forward to season two. Yeah, which I mean, you have five more episodes, and yeah, they just the other thing that's really good is that it's like eight episodes, and they pack so much into eight episodes, mm-hmm. but they it do. doesn't feel bloated. They just do a good job of like. And they do a, it's a great they do a great job of like you can watch each episode by itself, but also you can binge it. Like it's it's a show that because a lot of times certain shows are better watched binged, and other shows are better watched broken out. Right. And mm-hmm. this show does a really good job of you can watch it any style that you want, and yeah. I, you're gonna get a little bit different something different out of it. So it's great, absolutely it's terrific. What about, 
What about you, Ben? What have you been watching? I finished up Cobra Kai season three, and it was incredible. Really? I'm relatively new to the fandom, though I only really, really enjoyed the first Karate Kid movie, but uh, they... Uh, what's the word? Like Mandalorian does this where fans, the fan, what, what is it called? Fan service. Yeah. It, it's good fan service. Yeah. Uh, they bring back characters from movies you, and obscure roles that characters have that you didn't think would ever come back and they do mm-hmm. it in a really intelligent way for the storyline. And yeah, they actually brought Mr. Miyagi back from the dead. Yeah, it, it was, was amazing. Really, really. <laughs> yeah, everything but Miyagi. It's like, a, they, it's they like bring, Tupac. Like they yeah, hologram. hologram Miyagi. Okay, yeah. I'm into that. They <laughs> and even uh, uh, the director comes back in an episode uh, from The Boys. She plays Ali in in Karate Kid. Oh, because yeah, yeah, you so. blew my mind last yeah. time with that. Uh, and I, I didn't bring it up, but the last episode of season two was phenomenal it was a the big fight scene in the high school big fight scene in the high school it was like daredevil level really amazing and it's done with like teenage kids yeah okay it's pretty cool is that the i think i saw the very end of that episode probably yeah i do that you've intrigued me enough because i was kind of writing it off as like it's karate kid oh it's 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 really really good okay it does have the cheesy campiness yeah but like the only good actor is uh uh uh, the main Johnny, guy. Johnny, Johnny, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, besides the acting, it's it's phenomenal. I think I saw a part of the first episode where like there's these kids like messing around with this car. Yep. Just <laughs> like, hey, what are you doing? Uh, other than that, I what was the movie that you watched? Oh, so uh, Green Hell got me interested in the movie Green Inferno by <laughs> Eli Roth, which oh, is pretty yes. much kind of like the story of Green Hell. And I was, you know, I went into it expecting it to be a lot more gruesome and worse than I felt it was just because of Eli Roth's other movies. And it wasn't as bad. I mean, it was pretty bad. It was pretty gruesome, but it wasn't as gruesome as I thought it would be after seeing Hostile 1. And it it was interesting. Yeah, it's, that. yeah, it's a different style movie. Mm-hmm. Like what? Because there's another movie that it was his uh, idea. A of, cannibal holocaust. Yeah, and yeah, so. It's, so it's a group of people going into the the Africa, the jungles of yeah, it's Africa like or something. Amazon, like, style yeah, Amazon forest and indigenous uh, people. Yep, and then they get shot down. And indigenous people take them captive, and it's them trying to survive that. And hmm. uh, Eli Roth actually like it's a tribe that hasn't had contact with the outer uh, outer people and he actually filmed so all the native people are real tribal people that he brought in a tv and like a maybe a vhs player maybe a dvd a copy of cannibal holocaust and they watched that and they all enjoyed it thought it was a comedy (laughs) and and just really really enjoyed actually being on screen and uh just having fun with the crew yeah i like I like Eli Roth. I think mm-hmm. he's, he's super fun. Also, he uh, m- more people probably know Eli Roth from like the, seeing him in movies. Than yeah. Bear Jew. The Bear Jew. Yeah, he's the Bear Jew in, in Glorious Bastards. Okay, I was... Uh, got it. I know him because he directed the one of Dr. Mambo. Yeah, his <laughs> professor... Uh, what's he a professor of? Being of being a, a dog. dog. Ooh, faced. Oh, faced. 
Have you not seen Cabin Fever? Oh, it's been a while. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's he, been, he which shows Cabin you Fever. Would, you would like Cabin Fever. The first, the first one. Okay. okay. He, he shows up yeah. as a uh, guy in the woods with the and he, dog. And he's like, oh, with Professor uh, Mambo is his name. Okay. And they're like, yeah, it's what's been he a professor long... of? And he's like, being a dog. <laughs> Face. Yeah. Hey, it's been you a while since I saw Cabin, Cabin, Cabin Fever. Fever. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was an interesting watch. And uh, lastly, Andrew and I watched uh, WandaVision. Oh yeah! The oh, first you two did episodes. Watch it. First two episodes. They're they're pretty fun. Yeah, like they. Uh, when does this take place? We don't know. Oh okay. Uh, it has, so so it has to be before. <laughs> event the last before two Avengers. Right? Have to be. <laughs> so oh, the, the because she of, she could make him. Yeah. So it's it's based off of, it's loosely based off of House of M, which is where Wanda in the comics goes insane um, and essentially creates an alternate reality for every single person. So like Spider-Man lives a life with Gwen Stacy and, and like all these, I think Wolverine lives a life with Kimiko and it's just like everyone, Kimiko. Ev- every, every, every like dream that every superhero has wanted for their life. She essentially creates for them. Um, and in that she creates a world where, she, uh, her and Vision are together and they have kids. Um, are her and Vision like an actual love thing in the comics? Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I remember watching, uh, Kevin Smith was talking about how, I mean, Kevin Smith cries a lot, but yeah. he, he said one of the things that may, made him emotional was when he saw that they were playing out like a romance between the two of them. Because mm-hmm. I guess he's a fan of that yeah. storyline. And, uh, it's really interesting because the person that essentially makes their, kids like i won't say a lot just because it might spoil the show because there's a lot of stuff that happened in that first two episodes that like i recognized um and yeah i'm very excited to see where they take this because if they introduce characters like i think they're going to introduce it could change the mcu and it makes doctor strange 2 possible sweet and it also uh i love the way it it apes old tv shows because the first one's kind of like um it's kind of like I Love Dick Lucy. Dick Van Dyke-ish, yeah. I Love Lucy. And then the second one is definitely Spoothy Bewitched. Yeah. And then... I Dream of Genie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's... The and beauty it, of it is it's very MCU and, like, you don't need to know the the comic story to enjoy the show. It's, in, it's actually super enjoyable by itself. Like, if they made just the first two episodes, like, that was the entire show, I think I would actually really enjoy it. Because they take that that black and white goofy sitcom style, I, and when when I first was watching, I was like, "Is this going to be cheesy?" But the jokes they tell is actually really really yeah, good we, and really funny. I found our yeah, we found ourselves laughing pretty much. Good, okay, um, I gotta check that out then. Yeah, I'm definitely. I, it's the Marvel show that I'm the most excited about. Yeah, I would agree with that. Maybe Loki a little bit, just because. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Speaking but, of Marvel, did you guys hear about the possible news of? Chris Evans returning as Captain America. I did America. see and that. He denied. He it. he said I didn't hear anything about yeah, this. Yeah. So it it becomes an interesting rumor. But it's always made sense that they of and it also makes sense as a character mm-hmm. because in the comic books when he dies he does eventually come back. Yeah. So it it makes sense that if any character, I mean, Adventures has been out for a while. You know, Iron Man's dead and 
everything there that it and captain america now is back in time living the life he wanted to live like if they were ever going to bring back a character captain america makes sense (laughs) is it it's just going to be a show of him frozen in ice for like (laughs) and somebody in the iron man storyline is in wandavision maybe okay iron man storyline interesting you told me captain marvel no is it captain marvel Mm -hmm. (laughs) well isn't isn't that person the next are you talking about Ironheart? Uh, it's the person we're talking about is um the her her best oh, friend in Captain Marvel. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, that yes. little girl. She's in. I thought you were okay. talking about Ironheart. No, no, no. Okay. Um, I mean, she could be. You're talking Ironheart. about uh, Rambo, right? Is her last name? Well, in yeah, Marvel. Ron, Sylvester like Stallone. Rambo, <laughs> Rambo, Monica Rambo. Yeah, yeah, her daughter. You know you can say Rambo. It's still R A M B O. It's Ram. Everyone is Rambo. <laughs> said. I will uh, challenge challenge flag on the field. Like Lara <laughs> and Laura. Say Rambo. Uh, yeah. Yes, it is her. That the little I girl. I didn't in, start the fight. <laughs> it's a little girl in Captain Marvel. Yeah. Th- this next phase of the MCU, I'm gonna have to talk to Andrew so much <laughs> because at the announcement when Kevin Feige was going over all that stuff, I'm like, I don't know what any of this is. Yeah. It was like when Andrew talked about Booster Gold. I'm like, you just made that up. It's not real. Oh, Booster Gold the Kree is... scroll War. Yeah, people know about Booster Gold. I, when he sure. said that, I was like, this is a made-up superhero. It's like, he's, you're just trolling. He's a, he's a time traveler. Okay. Best friends with Blue Beetle. Another made-up And superhero. when you said that, I... <laughs> he's I, one of the oldest. Yeah, th- Blue Beetle's pretty old. <laughs> I thought of that image comic when you said Booster Gold. Which one? I don't know. Okay. It, oh no, you're it right. It was the it, super uh, powered invin- guy. Is it invincible? No, 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 no. It was the super powered guy, and then one of his enemies turns out to be um, Jack the Ripper. Like Luther, Lu- Luther, Luther something. Booster Gold. Oh, looks Luther like Schrode. Yeah. Yeah. The one where he's like, he read a book and became incredibly strong and mm-hmm. invincible. Yeah. It's a great, great series. A lot. It's super bloody. Mm-hmm. What's what series? It's like I think it's called Luther Strode, or something like that. Yeah. It's a name. So when he said Booster Gold, I thought that's what he was talking about. But uh, I was like, okay. oh no, that's Image. Yeah. So I have been watching Bob's Burgers, nice, which is a phenomenal show yeah. from John H. Benjamin. That people know. There, good Tina. Good job, Tina. Uh, that people probably know more from Archer. Um, also, Frisky Dingo. Uh, Frisky Dingo. Also, I don't think he was in Frisky Dingo. I thought he was one of the side characters. But. He could, uh, He's attached to a lot of those styles. Uh, I don't know if you guys or the remember. John H. Benjamin show. Yes, or I don't know if you guys remember Home Movies. Yes, which is a never watched it, but I know. Yeah, what it is. like an, uh, he's the coach. Yeah, he's like an old. Yeah, he has a very movie. unique voice. Obviously, he does Archer and Archer and the he can of and uh, vegetables and. You can't wet hot American summer. Wet hot American summer as well, and so he is. The show is just a fun, family style, solid, consistent. Every episode is really funny, um, and then they have like a lot of great recurring characters that are, you know, um, pretty popular comedic writers or comedy stand up comics, and like his um, landlord is Mr. Fishorder, who is. Uh, voiced by Kevin Klein, which is just nice. so funny because Mr. Fishorder is like this really weird, eccentric, like rich guy who owns pretty much the entire town mm-hmm. and he has an eye patch 
and it's just like I can't believe Kevin Klein's actually playing this character. <laughs> um, and it's yeah, it's really good. I definitely suggest it. It's an excellent family show. Um, it has comedy for everyone, as mm-hmm. opposed to like if you watch Archer, which I think Archer is phenomenal. It is more adult centric. Yeah. Bob's Burgers is a great medium ground where you can be a kid and think it's funny. You can be, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you're, you can be looking for adult comedy or you can look for clean adult comedy. And I think the show kind of gives a little bit of everything to you. So my favorite moment in the whole show is when he's teaching Tina to drive. And yes. they're in an empty parking lot except for one car. And she slowly crashes into yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tina, what are you doing? He's just, just like, get the brakes. Uh, just move. He's like, turn it. It's just like, he's like, and he just slowly starts ramping up yeah, the yeah. more and more she gets closer to yeah. the car. Yeah. It's just like, it's one of my favorite moments in anything because it's like, yes, she literally could just turn the wheel, anything, and she runs into the one. It's a giant parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> and like, she runs into the car. It's, That's yeah, great. it's really good. Yeah. yeah. No, it definitely suggests watching she loves burgers. zombies and wants to oh, touch yeah. butts and butts. touch butts she loves and horses horses zombies and butts yeah which the show the show have I you have... watched any of the episodes i think i've watched a couple with you guys okay uh the show's that, great no. because you have characters that you love like mm-hmm. you know everyone loves tina everyone's mm-hmm. gene everyone's louise louise yeah. and uh the, the twins the twins voiced yeah, the by twins. the silverman sisters oh okay sarah silverman and her sister nice is it Andy and Andy? Yeah. They're no, both. Andy and Ollie. Ollie, that's Ollie. it. Which are sons of Jimmy Pesto. Nice. Who Jimmy Jr. is the love interest of Tina. Oh. But he has a lisp, and he's voiced by John H. Benjamin as well. I did not know that. Yeah, John H. Benjamin voices a ton of people on that show. Oh, okay. And he does such a good job um, there. Different also, Eugene, yeah. Eugene Merman is excellent. He yes. plays Gene, Gene, and he's super funny. He has a very unique voice. Um, so I definitely suggest it, though. Definitely check it out. So, uh, John H. Benjamin was in an, ep- uh, they, they have many episodes in the new Star Trek series that like tell side stories and he's the scientist that makes tribbles as crazy as they are because they used to not made as much. And then he wanted them to, to make them because they tasted good to make them, uh, mate more. So oh. people, so they could feed the universe, and it got out of control. That's pretty funny. John, yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, Johnny's management is so funny. He's really good. But yeah, and now we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about Tenant. Tenant. back now we're gonna talk about the christopher nolan movie tenet which stars john david washington robert pattinson elizabeth debecky and kenneth Branagh. what is she in she's debecky uh she uh, people may know her more from great gatsby nope that is probably one of the ones that people probably know her the most Was from she the but she's villain in man from uncle Mm. No, okay. no, she is not. That's I do another, not believe that's so. That's a different. Very I think tall that's a one. Yeah. So okay. you're asking yourself, what is Tenet? Well, Tenet is obviously made from by Christopher Nolan. 
and it follows John David Washington portraying a character simply known as the protagonist. It opens up in a scene of where he's working for the CIA, where they are assaulting the opera house, a Russian opera house that is being attacked by terrorists, and he goes in to retrieve a some sort of bomb or item, and he comes across that he uh, takes. He is then... She is. She is. Yeah. Oh, she is the bad yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, nice. Anyways... He takes. Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> we we got, hey, we gotta make we gotta time. make we gotta make things. We gotta make sure things We're are correct. correct. Well, yeah. good to know. Well, basically, then John D- Dave Washington is captured, to which he then takes a suicide pill, which turns out to not be a suicide pill, and because of his the suicide pill turns into a test. He then is brought into. But it messed up his mouth. Yeah. Well, no, no, no it didn't mess up his mouth. They mouth. ripped his teeth out. Right. Because they had that wrench, with the. What? No, we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, Andrew. So basically, he is revived. His mouth is fixed, as Ben is talking about, and he's given a word, tenant. And he's now told to figure some things out. So he uses this word, tenant, to open a couple of doors, which turns out the world is coming to an end. And what happens is the future is basically an apocalyptic wasteland. And they've ruined everything, and they're blaming it on the past. So they develop a technology, or a technology is developed that allows them to reverse entropy, which is essentially just a fancy, confusing way to say time travel. And things happen to where now people must go to the past to stop the future, but the future is in the past affecting the future. It becomes very, very confusing, but that's pretty much the strong starting synopsis of Tenet. What did you guys think of the movie? Ben. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yep. Uh, so I was the only one here who saw it in theaters, and it was quite amazing. So was this the second time when we watched it? Yeah. Okay. And I, I like how <clears throat> it switched between IMAX shots, where it was full screen on my TV, and then... Uh, Back to normal shots. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's just a gorgeous movie with a lot of incredible uh, practical effects and enjoyable. A little bit confusing, but especially the second time, you pick up on a lot of the stuff Mm, and understand it a lot more. Yeah, and we'll get get into some of those. Also, really, really bad audio mixing like usual for Christopher Nolan. Yeah, he the, tends to, you know, the score and the sound effects overpower dialogue. When we left uh, the theaters, our dad was like, "What was the villain saying at the end?" Because I couldn't hear a thing. <laughs> like, well, yeah, that was that was a. Uh, it was like Kevin and Jackie were like. He said that we both thought he said something. Was, yeah, that, that he didn't say greatest achievement. It was like no, he no, said it's the exact sin. opposite. Yeah. Christopher yeah. Nolan also really likes pe- putting people in masks and then not uh, <laughs> doing the audio. Yeah, separately. not playing the audio. He yeah. wants to make it sound like it. They're talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this movie didn't have Hans Zimmer with his horns going, yeah. <laughs> which we'll, we'll we'll get into okay. that yeah. music in a little bit. What about you, Kevin? What do you think of Tenet? Uh, like. Most Nolan movies that I see, I was every time I see one, I'm like, man, this guy is just like at a different level of filmmaking than everybody else. I do, I do. That's that is an interesting thing you bring up because some people would be like, 
oh, you know, what has Christopher Nolan done? He's done Inception. He's done Interstellar. He did the Batman trilogy. He's right. done Memento. He's done Dunkirk. He's done, like, he's only done, like, 12 movies, and I don't think he's ever done a bad movie in mm-hmm. his entire life. Yeah, I haven't seen one yet. You know, I like, know. In- Insomnia isn't everyone's favorite, which is understandable, but it's not a bad no, movie. It's it's still very enjoyable. Yeah. I, I kind of... Uh, make the analogy because I'm a big progressive rock music fan and progressive rock is like, you know, songs that are North of like seven minutes in length. Uh, there's time changes all over the place. It's just like when I sit down and listen to one of those records, I have to be like in the mood for that record. It's mm-hmm. the same feeling when I watch a Nolan movie where I'm like, I have to completely be checked in. And yeah, that's the part of the great thing about it is you can just get totally immersed in it. Because uh, I think the craftsmanship and the level of like care that he puts into everything, um, his movies are always really gorgeous. This one is like no exception. Just the uh, the cinematography is yeah, and and it helps. Like they they go to all these great like locales. Like I think they went to Greece at one point. It looked like when they were they were, on, they were all over the place. Yeah, Russia and Mumbai, and this was definitely like probably the most globe trotting Nolan movie. <laughs> For and there's sure. and there was a reason for that is because he wanted obviously the movie he wanted to make it feel like a James Bond movie yes and that's one of the like great things about James Bond is James Bond travels all over the world mm-hmm. and that and the movie that he kind of quoted the most when it came to James Bond was The Spy Who Loved Me which is his okay. favorite Bond movie which is his favorite yeah. Bond movie but he also said that uh, when writing this movie and and directing the movie, he went out of his way not to watch any James Bond movies because he didn't want it to steal from him. He wanted to steal from what his mind thought about James Bond so that right. it felt more nostalgic as opposed to like an actual just straight James Bond movie. Yeah. Um, what about you, Andrew? What did you think attended? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Made me want him to make a James Bond movie. Oh, totally. <laughs> uh, there was the rumors out there that he was in. Uh, they were he was in talks to do the next one, uh, and I really hope that happens because it'd be incredible. Either that, or I would also like you know after Uncle Man from Uncle, if Guy Ritchie did a James Bond, I think that would be awesome too. Yeah. Oh, dude, I love um, Guy Ritchie. But no, I I think this movie is incredible. Uh, uh, David Washington is that his name? John, John David, David Washington. John David Washington. Like he's now in my slot of I. I'm probably going to watch any movie he's in. Agreed. Uh, just that's like great. after watching this is like I. He's now on my list of those actors. May I suggest the Black Klansman? Yes, that's that was Adam the only Driver movie I'd seen, and yeah. he's in it. Yeah, he's really good in it. Okay. So Very good. It's just like it. he has that charisma and uh, that presence of you know. Anytime he wasn't on screen, I wanted him to be on screen. Yes. Um, Even though he was looking up most of the time. Yes. He, he's well, he's, he's 5'9", yeah. and everyone okay. else in the movie is it's over like, six dude, foot. Yeah. Pattinson yeah. Is just like, dude, and that's, so that's why I knew that she was in Man of, like, I was like, she's the chicken man from Uncle, because she is so tall, 6'3", and it's just like, and she has that presence yeah, and she's wearing um, heels as well. Yeah, and, and then it just she makes looks, her. She looks she's like, like a, six five, six six. She, looks, she looks like a runway model. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. definitely not what I was going to say, which was she looks like one of those aliens from 
uh, Attack of the Clones. Camino. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Camino. she meant. That's, that's a clone die. Yeah, that's what. Well, the runway mean. models are like really, really tall yeah. and skinny. Yeah. 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 Which look like Camino, yeah, Camino. I mean, the Camino, they have like two foot long necks. Yeah. So that yeah. helps it, them. Yeah. Uh, but she's always hunched over because that's how she looks at people. And so it's just funny. Uh, no, really enjoyed it. Um, classic. The only time I felt this way was, like I was saying after we watched it, was Prestige. Of just like having to think things through, back through. Because, you know, Interstellar and Inception are heady, but like, he, those movies explain as like they just take moments to just sit you down and explain things to you so that way you understand it more whereas with like prestige it didn't really get revealed until the end of what was happening and then you so you're like okay who's who what's what uh and this movie was like they were explaining and showing at the same time yes and until you saw it actually like you saw the you saw the the objects inverted, but once you start seeing people inverted, that's when it started. You're like, oh, okay, this is a lot different than I was thinking. Yeah, and I I think it's important that when you're just discussing the discussing the concept of time, it becomes very confusing because when you talk about time, you're talking about a ton of different things. Mm-hmm. Like you're not, I mean, you're talking about date, you're talking about duration, you're yeah. talking about like, so time isn't just one of those things where you can say, well, they did this with time where I was talking to Kevin about it. I think one of the uh, things you have to do when you're trying to think about this movie is I almost think you do yourself a disservice of thinking that it's not time travel. Yeah. It is actually physically time travel. Yeah. Like they are, they are traveling in time, mm-hmm. so to speak. Right. And that time is a, a resource they are using to manipulate, but they're never going like backwards or they're or, not not they're never jumping to a moment. Exactly, they have to experience a, time it's, backwards. It's linear yes. movement. You they have are, to go. Yeah, and it's it's the way that and really it comes to the whole movie, and we'll talk about this a lot. Is that Tenet itself is a palindrome, and palindrome is a huge manifestation in this movie it's so pivotal to what Mm -hmm. the movie itself is and we'll get into a couple of those uh things and one of you know a palindrome for the people don't know is that it's something that it's the same forwards as it is backwards right Mm -hmm. so like mom and dad yeah like mom and dad exactly no matter how like if you read it for you read it backwards it's the same and that's the way he wanted to make a movie that is the same forwards as backwards and that's literally what this movie is is that the beginning of this movie is the end of the movie and the end of the movie is the beginning of the movie and it's the way to look at it is the way if you don't know is the infinity symbol which is basically the number eight turned sideways Mm -hmm. and that when you draw the infinity symbol you are always moving your pencil forwards you don't move your pencil backwards but there's at a point when you come back so to speak on the infinity symbol that it looks like you're coming backwards from where you started but essentially you're just moving forward backwards and i think it's important when you watch this movie you don't think about it as like oh they're going backwards or they're doing this it's inverse and the great example that they use in this movie is the dropping of the bullet and the filming the dropping of the bullet is that it doesn't matter if it looks like the bullet is being coming up to your hand or the bullet is being dropped the same exact thing is happening it doesn't matter if it's going forwards or backwards and i think it's just his way of saying of like don't spend so much time thinking about are they in backwards time or in their forwards time or this and he tries to do his best 
of like, no, at, at all times the movie is going forwards. Like what you're actively seeing is someone moving forward, but they're moving forwards in a backwards way. And then he starts layering it on throughout the movie of like they open up with, you know, the bullet and then they show someone going backwards and then they show backwards and forwards at the exact same time. And then they show it on an even grander scale, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. So I, I think you guys are, you know, people are listening to this or watch the movie. They come out of it and they go, man, I'm really confused right now. And I, I think it's. I almost think you rob yourself of this movie if you spend too much time going, wait, how did that happen? Why did that happen? What's going on? Because I think at the end of the day, that is a common theme throughout the movie is him going like, it happens because it happens. Like there's mm-hmm. like, it's always been that way. Yeah. And um, I, what, what do you guys think as far as like, what are some of your thoughts and processes as far as like the well, movie being confusing? Well, I just thought of something and, just now. Yeah, go ahead. That is a major spoiler for the movie. Yo, I mean, so. we're talking about the movie, so okay. So it came we, out a year we, ago. <laughs> <laughs> but also, oh we're. Ta- I mean, why are you listening to a podcast yeah, about yeah, Tenet yeah. if you're not exactly um, spoilers? Go watch the movie. So he goes to take that CIA pill at the end. Yes, and it wouldn't have killed him. Yes, hold on, hold on to that. Oh, Seder, take. Hold, yes, going, yeah. yeah, I noticed that too. Hold on to that. So let's let's go through a couple of things on the movie, right? Okay. So first off, let's talk about the music. Yes. And you guys brought up it's not Hans Zimmer. So originally Hans Zimmer was supposed to be the composer of the movie, huh. but be, due to uh, conflict scheduling, he was unable to do it. Instead, they had Ludwig... Probably working on Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, right, and just reusing music. Yeah. Instead, they got Ludwig Jorensen, who My uh, man. was the composer. I've heard that name before. Beach. Mandalorian. Yeah, he's Mandalorian. Oh, Which yeah. is funny because when they were uh, bungee jumping to Mumbai to see the lady, they were using, he used like the same synth sound that he used for like the Moff Gideon theme, the and I was like, that sounds like Ludwig Göransson. And then, so what's really interesting about Ludwig Göransson and when they uh, were, the movie had already been filmed, it was in post-production and they went to start doing the music and COVID hit. So, I think more credit. I thought the music was excellent. Yes. The thing that's really incredible is that everyone who recorded music did so at their home in their own studio, that's and Lug and Lug would put it together, in for the soundtrack as opposed to them playing together it's in a, a, yeah. an orchestra. It recording is he had insane. he gave everyone their sheet music. <laughs> he composed it all together. He had them record it and he and he mixed it. He was more of a DJ than <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, yeah, so to speak, and like absolutely incredible. But yeah. what do you guys think is of the music? I think. For me personally, one of the gripes, obviously, is it it is very overpowering, and it does mm-hmm. like it's Nolan esque. Yeah, yeah, it's Nolan esque, and that like you can lose I, certain elements in the movie. Because I really enjoyed the synth. It it reminded me of Tron, the the new Tron Legacy mm-hmm. soundtrack, which was Daft Punk, and it was amazing. It's mm-hmm. that that same vibe I got at certain points in the movie. It was really cool, or Mass Effect, kind of sounding yeah it also gave me the he did a good job at conveying uh espionage-esque kind of music um winter soldier comes to mind there was moments where the music reminded me of winter soldier of just like that low yeah yeah that anytime it was getting kind of intense it's like yeah did he do he didn't do winter soldier though okay just reminds it just yeah just that underlying like you're going through an important intense scene and there's this there's a small like like 
like hitting you that's keeping you on edge. It was kind of like in Dunkirk, Dunkirk when it when it was yeah. the congenial t- 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 yeah. t- low underneath the soundtrack. He's he's my new favorite composer. I mean, I, it helps because Mandalorian is really it, it good. Slaps. Yeah. But <laughs> I watched uh, if you watch some of the behind the scenes on Disney Plus, they have like for season two. I think there's like an hour long special, and it goes through him composing the music and like oh, having an orchestra nice. play it. And he, I think they recorded him. I don't know if this was when he was recording the soundtrack, but he's like in the studio and he's just like got instruments all over the place. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I just tried, I just tried playing this thing and it sounded cool. Like he approaches it with, with such like a, like a childlike curiosity. But mm-hmm. then when you see him like conduct, you know, or, or put it to uh, the orchestra, it's like, okay, this guy is like, he knows what he's doing. He, he just approaches it. When it's like conceptual, he he's like, I'll just you know see what shakes out. Have you guys ever seen a picture of Ludwig Gordonson? Yeah, he's exactly what you think a composer would look like. Think crazy hair. Yeah, he has long, long luscious, hair. flowing hair, a great beard, but he's young too. He's like in his thirties or late yeah. or early forties. Like he's just like he is what you think a composer would look like right now. Yeah. Right, like he doesn't look like a John Williams or a Hans mm-hmm. Zimmer or whatever, but you're just like, who's the next big up and coming composer? You're like, oh, this is what he looks like. He kind of almost looks like um, Jared Leto a little bit, mm. a That's, little bit, yeah, yeah. But like Jared Leto, long hair, like Thirty Seconds to Mars, Jared Leto, mm-hmm. not Jared Leto the Joker. Well, they, I never think of that. They had a Jared scene Leto. where he showed the uh, Mandalorian theme song to Favreau on set, and Favreau was listening to it, and he's like. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's special, and and some people just have that gift. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, a special, I I want to hit on a couple. So we'll go through a couple of things. We'll talk about some of the cool things that are in the movie, and then we'll actually kind of dive a little bit deep into theories and palindrome, which I was able to do a little bit of research on. Something that I didn't notice in the movie, but then in retrospect, doing some research on the movie, uh, no one does a thing when it comes to color. And he uses the color blue and the color mm-hmm. red in the movie. Mm. And it, we see it in the movie as far as when they have the strike team at the very end, those are in red are going forward and those in blue are inverted. And he actually uses this in a couple of other scenes, like in the scene where uh, right before that there's the interrogation scene mm-hmm. where the side that they're on is blue and the side that John David Washington is on is red. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's to show you, and he plays with this a lot, even – Cat herself is wearing a red dress when she is going forward. And like he oh, uses, so the next time you go back and you watch this movie, look out for it because he uses blue, he uses color to show you who's going inverted and who's going. Yeah, the room in the uh, airport also, uh, the, the rooms that they go into, one is blue and one. Exactly. There, there's like red, a red stripe and a blue stripe. Oh, okay. I didn't catch Pretty that. Tough. Yeah, so yeah. He, uses, he uses color. And the other thing you guys hit on is uh, practical effects, like the big scene oh, of yeah. the... The 747 palindrome. It was a real, real it was plane. actual real. He's like, uh, he actually said it would be more cost efficient just to buy the 747 and use it than to go through all the CGI. Yeah. And that he, he even, they went out of their way to use as little visual that's, effects as they can. That's and Nolan to a T. Exactly. And I read that somewhere that he literally used zero green screen. Yeah. Like there was no green screen used in this movie. And then when you go watch this movie in hindsight, you go, that's incredible that i think they did um almost the same thing for dunkirk uh like a lot of the yeah absolutely the plane yeah uh the dog fighting was actually real 
And so it's just they were like, real bullets. Yeah, they're real <laughs> bullets. But it's just it's just he he is that dedicated to practical effects. Um, and which it, I appreciate it yeah. shows through yeah. in films like when is ever practical effects not better than CG yeah like even think about like Star Wars or think about Lord of the Rings with the Hobbit and everything yeah. and think about when people went away from using practical effects to CG and just go like it is almost always worse yeah. to use more CG than to use practical effects the best effects. CG is when it's used subtly to amplify so like just small things like um, the T-Rex the T-Rex, but uh, I think Park. it's Sarkin. <laughs> Who did a uh, girl with a dragon tattoo? Aaron Sorkin. Sorkin is. is that his name? He he does it subtly, where it's like you wouldn't think that that was CG, but since everything else is pretty practical, he he. Um, or even something it, like uh, uh um, not cyberpunk uh. Blade Runner, Blade 2049. Runner. Yeah. Like, mm. yeah. Just like, there's obviously when you do a, uh, a futuristic cyberpunk style movie, it's going to have to have a lot of CG. Yeah. But he, you know, you, you go out of yeah. your way to use as little CG as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's best when used. And like, uh, something I learned that the, the glass in John Wick 3 in the knife room scene, that's all CG. So it's like, oh, the glass yeah. is CG. Yeah, that's that they're crazy. breaking. And it's so that way they can do that without having to re, remake the glass. That makes sense. Uh, okay. and, uh, so, so it's just like small stuff like that is where it's, it's better used and it amplifies and it helps because without that they would have to, I w- I wouldn't say they would be able to choreograph that scene as well sure. because then they have to worry about you know how much glass do we have, mm-hmm. how many times can we do this? Yeah. Uh, Parasite had like. Hundreds and hundreds. Of, oh yeah, yeah. Parasite the entire movie. That, of that house, that CG. house is not real. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could not tell. Yeah. No. Have wow. you seen Parasite? Yeah. yeah, yeah we saw it with, dude, it's yeah. dude. That movie's really good. Yeah, but the pretty house much is yeah. really. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a set that is mostly green screened. It looks great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That see, yeah, like you said, small things you can't tell. That's really mm-hmm. good. It also helps that the house is like very polished, very clean. I mm-hmm. think that lends itself to being CG. It it's harder to get away with cg when something's like like in the prequels you know yeah, yeah. also it's like it has that geometric straight line yeah build mm-hmm. futuristic style so you can kind of make it yeah look. very smooth it almost looks fake in itself and it turns out it was right. but you, we've seen houses that look like that before so it, it's mm-hmm. believable yeah. to see right. something but like nolan is he's very de- like all a lot of stuff in interstellar uh is practical like um he actually he, shot he, Matthew McConaughey yeah, through time. He did. He, <laughs> he actually went and got a black hole. Yeah, he blew yeah. up Matt. He's Matthew like, we're going to need Damon. to send you through a black hole. Matthew Damon. <laughs> so Matthew Damon. Sir Matthew Damon, not Matt Damon. Uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Uh, no, um, Tars, I think is his name. Is it Tars or Lars? Lar- it's one of the two. The mm-hmm. robot is practical in mm-hmm. Interstellar. And it's just like so those small things, the... The gravity, uh, weird gravity room in Inception was an actual uh, yeah, practical it was a tumbler, effect, yeah. tumbler that they use wires with, and hmm. it's just like really cool how he brings that, and uh, he always comes under budget on his that's movies, crazy. and that's why it's just even more crazy because yeah. he bought yeah. a seven forty seven and, and he crashed uses, it, and yeah. he uses uh, IMAX cameras, mm-hmm. so it's just like. 
he has, and he's broken a couple of them. So and all the like, locales that he filmed in in mm-hmm. this movie. My no, goodness. it's he. Studios will give Nolan pretty much anything he wants because of how. Yeah, he, he has carte blanche because yeah. of how yeah. excellent he, he is. He comes under budget and the movies perform. So it's just like he is like the perfect storm for profit. Except for this one. But yes. that's COVID. Well, that's COVID. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and so speaking of like dedication to the art, I found out that the scenes in which you hear people talking backwards mm-hmm. are not just people talking and then rewinded. He actually made the actors learn how really? to say their You're lines backwards. So that the, the villain had to use a Russian accent backwards. That's, oh my gosh. In the interrogation scene? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's him actually that's talking That's Ken Brannan like, oh my uh, yep. talking in Russian, talking with his Russian accent backwards. A man from Northern Ireland <laughs> doing Shout a Russian to, accent. To yeah. Kenneth Branagh too because yeah. he killed it in that yeah, movie. Yeah, he absolutely, like him as Andre Seder was absolutely yeah. incredible. Have you seen him in anything where he does his actual accent? No, Northern Ireland one? I don't yeah. think so. Because he was a, was he a British guy in Dunkirk? Yes. Okay. yes. And then he was French. He was Harry Potter and he's French in uh, Crusoe. Well, Crusoe. I'm no, sure not, when he, when he directed uh, um, Perot. Perot. Yeah, Perot. When he directed Thor, he probably used his name. That's, that's pretty funny. So, Another. A, a really big part of the movie is palindromes. Mm-hmm. Even Tenet is a palindrome in itself. Mm-hmm. But one of the interesting things about Tenet is Tenet is a palindrome of a palindrome in that uh, Tenet is 1010. Which is a palindrome one zero one zero one zero, but also if you write ten ten, it is a palindrome in itself. So tenet, which is ten forwards and backwards, mm-hmm. and then if you do ten ten forwards, that is also a palindrome. And then if you write out the numbers ten ten, that is also a palindrome. So it is a palindrome of a palindrome of a palindrome. The word tenet. Well, you but you'd have to do one zero zero one, right? No one zero one zero. Is and then you do zero one zero. Oh no, you're right. Sorry, I am, I am incorrect on the number one. My bad. I'm but if thinking, you do it because because ten it it's ten forward and then the second part is ten backwards. Ten backwards exactly. So it'd be one zero zero. Yeah, one zero zero one. So just thought that that Chris was. Chris Fertilone's like, no, that's not how it works. Yeah, right. <laughs> so and he actually get that. So the thing that he got with the palindrome is he actually got it from the Seder Square Latin palindrome, which is this big oh. square. That is like the oldest known palindrome, and it's a palindrome in that the words written on it are Seder, Arepo, Tenet, Opera, Rotas. Oh. And then it backwards, the Rotas, Opera, Tenet, Arepo, Seder, it's the same forwards and backwards, and he uses it in the movie. Seder is the name of the villain, Andre mm-hmm. Seder. Yeah. Arepo is the name of the counterfeit painter. Tenet is yes. obviously the name of the movie and obviously the name of the organization, organization. that works in it. Opera is the opening scene, and then Rotas is the people who own the Freeport uh, um, painting area. That's oh, he does airports. Okay, yeah, exactly. So that's one of those. Like even within the movie, is like he based this movie mm-hmm. off of this as a palindrome, and he like again doing like some of the fight scenes that he used. Like there's the excellent fight scene in the Rotas, the Freeport painting one, mm-hmm. where you find out John and David Washington is fighting. Um, himself, John yeah, John David Washington, the protagonist, Washington David the protagonist, <laughs> the protagonist yeah. is fighting himself, and it's it it, it works both forwards and backwards, mm-hmm. and it just happens over and over and over in this movie. I do want to ask you guys because one of the best parts of the movie is the fact that every single part of the scene is is there for a reason. You see it, like when you see the car chase scene, the screen that you see the cracked 
mirror and then all of a sudden you see that it becomes uncracked or on the in the same scene you see the car that crashes and it turns out it was just john david washington coming in verse Mm -hmm. and he's the one who crashes the car or when a cat talks about the woman jumping off the boat that turns out to be cat or the scene in the freeport where he's fighting himself or just all the movie it's in itself there's a ton of oh that's them doing it backwards do you like that aspect of the movie or do you think it was almost like taken to the point that it can become exhausting because it like a lot of times in movies like M night Shyamalan twist, it was like actually, or, you know, one of the most famous ones is, um, why am I forgetting the movie, the black and white movie where he is his mother and he's the killer. Psycho. Uh, Psycho. There we go. Where like, Oh, that's so revolutionary to start where it's like, actually he's the killer. But in this movie, there's that like to a thousand. Where it's just like, who is he fighting? Who is this? Oh, it's him. Who's that woman jumping off? Oh, it's her. Like, do you think that it was too much for the movie? Or do you think it made sense given the context of everything? Yeah, I think... I think... uh, I don't like it when movies do that. Where it's just like, hey, something you didn't see, we're now going to be like, oh, it's not what you thought. And we don't have a reason, like, you didn't see this happening. And so, you know, you just have to take it at face value that this is how it's always been. Yeah, that's, I, I, think, I like that. Because, yeah. like, uh, my first viewing, I caught that, uh, the the broken mirror, and I was like, oh, that's going to get hit. On the car. Yeah, on yeah. the car. And it, it makes sense for the, what the movie is doing. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very tastefully done. And it kept, it kept me on edge because it's like like something's going to happen to this car like and and it hasn't happened yet when's that happening and so it's just like it kept me thinking and yeah like actively participating with the movie Mm -hmm. and i like movies that allow you to participate um yeah because it, it does such a great job of saying like it shows you what is going to happen yeah like and that's the common thing throughout the movie is that you see the end at the yeah. beginning so you do this thing of like the scene at the very end where they're trying to stop the bomb from being blown up and you see that soldier dead on the ground with a blue wrap around mm-hmm. it and you go how did he get there who's that gonna be and yeah. then it exposes that it's actually neil robert pattinson's character yeah. which is funny because at that time in that given scene there is a theory and we'll get into a theory in a second that you can make an argument that there's five active neils alive in that given moment yes because there's the Neil that is dead, that is doing that. There's the Neil on his way to uh, pick the lock to open the door. And like, there's just like a whole bunch of th- different theories. And that's the same day that the opera is happening. Exactly. So Where he's saving where he's the saving protagonist. The protagonist. So it's just like, he is everywhere at all the time. Like, yeah. Hmm. Which is... So I do want to get into. But was his death necessary? <laughs> yes. Yes, because it, it is was, because that's it was the timeline, the, time, the way yeah. it first it's supposed to happen. It was just which is the point of the movie is that yeah. everything happens and it's always been yeah. that way. But that doesn't mean that you just don't do anything because the world what they did had already happened. The world had already been saved. We're just yeah. seeing. No, no, we're no, no. literally I'm, just seeing it happen. It's the. It's the. It's the fact that we know that 
they're good friends. No, no, no. He wasn't going to kill himself. She is the one that caused the bomb to go Yes, off. so I do want to get in a couple of theories. So let's yeah. get into the first theory there with the CIA pill. Yeah. So we see this, again, at the very beginning of the movie that uh, the protagonist takes the CIA pill and it actually isn't real. And it yeah. just it puts him into a coma, makes people think he's dead, and he's brought back. And later in the movie, we see Andre Sador, his choice, his choice of death is he's going to take this, this cyanide pill that he got from the CIA and that we now know that if he actually took that pill, he wouldn't have died. Therefore, it would have never set off the bomb. Yeah. So by her shooting him, it made the bomb go off, which goes into... The, another theme of the movie is that their greatest re- weapon is ignorance mm-hmm. because you can't tell the reason why you can't see yourself and talk to yourself is because if you tell yourself something is w- going to happen, it won't happen. So you have to know that it's not going to happen for you to even do it. Because if, you know, the protagonist is told, hey, you saved the world, this is going to happen. If he goes, oh, cool, no matter what I do, I'm going to save the world, maybe he takes different actions. So everyone has has to be told a certain thing or not told, like Neil does with the protagonist, is he doesn't tell him that he knows him, mm-hmm. which is beautiful because there's the scene the first time you meet Neil where he yeah. knows what he likes. So oh, yeah. I actually want to talk about a theory, is that the theory is that Neil is Max. The son. I've of, heard that, I, but I've I've seen it debunked. Also, well, the 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 theory goes that uh, Neil is Max, the son of Cat and Sator, okay. and the reason why he uses the name Neil is because his actual name is Maximilian, and the last four letters of Maximilian reverse spell out Neil, and that the the reason why he knows uh, the protagonist is because the protagonist can't keep himself away from Cat. And he becomes a surrogate father isn't, to isn't Max. L I O N. Yeah, I thought it was L I. No, the way Maximilian is spelled in the movie. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, is with the E. Yes. Okay. Interesting. So I just, I just wonder, what did you guys think about the possibility of? He would have had to invert a yeah, lot. Yeah, like, the 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 theory that debunks it is the age. The age of which he is that they that yeah. they would meet up because if he, he inverted, would, wouldn't he de-age? He, no, 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 he'd no, keep no, aging. Still going he'd forward. keep aging. Oh, but that okay. means he would invert years. No, halfway yeah. though, the, probably because they don't. He, 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 you wouldn't start inverting until he's older. Because the thing he also talks about, why does he know so much about physics? He has a master's of physics. Why would he get a master's in physics? Like one of the reasons could be is because the protagonist knows about this, starts tenant. And by starting that, he gets his son involved into the idea of learning why things are happening. I, the only thing is the lack of affection that Neil has for Kat. And I would say... that's He shows affection for her, though. I feel He's like, the person who stays with Kat and tries to help. He's the one who I feel heals like, her. I feel I'm like not I saying this is yeah, actually, but there's... There's yeah. a lot of things. Again, this is this is a great one of yeah. like it's not so obvious in yeah. like it is a fun it is a fun exactly thing. like for example yeah. in Inception is the top you know <laughs> spinning is it not spinning um, or in Batman for example when at the end of Dark Knight Rises of him driving off and you think the bomb blows up but then he actually doesn't like there's just things you can watch in this movie and go you know what if like and at the end of the day it doesn't matter doesn't matter if yeah. max is neil no but the fact that 
you could even have those type of theories within a movie of this just goes to show of how well the world itself mm-hmm. is built together mm-hmm. in that way. But yeah, I mean, that's Tenet. Any closing thoughts or feelings? or Crashed a whole plane. <laughs> yeah, he crashed yeah, the entire... Yeah, let's actually... Let's I want to know, guys... know how... Like, watching it, when I, I read that before I saw the movie, and so that, that scene just seemed more intense because of the fact that this was a one-shot take. Mm-hmm. I want to know how many of those expensive cameras he has had set up everywhere and, like, how perfectly they had to do that. Yeah, just... <laughs> Absolutely absurd. But what are what are like some of your guys' like favorite moments of the movie? Um, mine is the fight scene in mine, the in the in the painting the, area. Yeah, the the uh, John David Washington on John yeah. David Washington. Yeah. Well, John David Washington is fighting Washington David John. Yeah, Washington yeah, yeah. David. John. <laughs> I also like the kitchen fight scene. I uh, ordered my hot sauce an hour ago. The, che- yeah. the cheese grater. Yeah. Which, uh, we talked about this. This is his magnum opus. He, he, Christopher Nolan takes so much from a whole bunch of different movies that yeah. you could relate the reverse fight scene to the hallway fight scene from Inception. There's mm-hmm. that just weird things How, going on. Yeah, because it, it looks sloppy mm-hmm. but that's because so much is going on exactly both characters. because one person's fighting mm-hmm. forward and yeah. one person's fighting in yeah, first exactly. also the the hot sauce scene of which you're referring to mm-hmm. looks like it takes place in the same style of filming of where like the joker scene is from mm-hmm. with the pencil and the yeah. back area yeah. um also one of the ones is that when sador is talking to cat when she pulls the gun on him when he hits her and she's on the ground, he yells at her, look at me. And it's mm-hmm. like kind of almost that same style from Batman when the Joker is oh, yeah. filming and he's like, look at me. But just like, there's just so many parts of like, also how he's using time, how he uses... Memento. How yeah, Memento, Memento starts at the end and goes to the beginning. Exactly. There, or there's, there's boats from Dunkirk. Yeah, or... Perspe- <laughs> or no, boats. but the way he uses perspective yeah. in Dunkirk. Yeah. yeah. And then also the culmination in Dunkirk is that you're seeing all these viewpoints and they come together, where opposed to this movie is the beginning and the end come together. And that... Uh, is the middle the whole, that the turn, the turn style battle... Technically, yeah, yes, that is kind of the point of which you see comes together. You see forward and inverse. Yeah, meeting. they they kind of meet at that point. I feel yeah. like which technically that exact moment is the June fourteenth when he gets when Sadar gets shot is technically the mm-hmm. meeting point because the idea is that basically what I miss and I didn't think about this and it's pretty obvious is what happens is that. When Sador finds the plutonium, it's not plutonium the first time. It's gold and instructions from the people from the future saying, this is what happens. You need to find this algorithm. And basically the algorithm is a, there's this machine that is the physical manifestation of an algorithm that is used to reverse entropy, which is, which the people in the future want to have it in the future so that then they can stop the past from happening. They're all a bunch of idiots who don't think that if they kill their grandparent paradox that it'll affect them. Exactly. Right. Which or they don't care. Or they, exactly. Yeah, they don't Which care. is what uh, Neil Robert Pattinson's character says with the grandfather, yeah. uh, grandfather paradox is that there's some people who think that they can go downstairs, slit their grandfather's throat, and there would be no repercussions. Or they don't care. So it's just hmm. everything in this movie, every line, every scene, 
everything has a purpose Mm -hmm. and it has a place and there's just so much love and care into it. And that's why for me, and I don't want recency bias to take over, but just thinking on it over the last couple of days, right? This is my favorite Nolan movie, like far and away from me personally. Tenet is the best Nolan movie I've ever seen. And I do want to ask you guys, Mm -hmm. what is like your favorite Nolan movie and where does Tenet rate in the Nolan movies of which you've seen? Before that, uh, one of my favorite scenes is uh, him doing pull-ups in the wind turbines oh, yeah. at the top of the <laughs> yeah, at the top of the ladder. You know, you, you got to make it dangerous. Yeah, so yeah exactly. I, I had that same. I was to, like, you couldn't just do that on, like, at the, the bottom level. <laughs> you got to well, go even, halfway up. Well, even when he on the ship towards the end of the movie, he goes out in his reverse and he's doing pull-ups and on she's the ship. Like, yeah. yeah, she's like, do you really have to go outside and do that? Like, mm-hmm. you know, he needs that he's, element of danger yeah, when he's, he's doing de- pull-ups. He's just dedicated. Maybe I'll try that. I'll climb up a wind turbine, <laughs> do like one pull-up and then fall off. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what do you guys think? Where's Tenet place? What are some of your favorite Nolan movies? Let's let's go with third. Andrew. <laughs> I guess we'll go with Andrew. Andrew. Third. He plays third. What's your yeah. what's your what's your top three then? I guess if uh, it's third. Tenet, Interstellar, and Batman Begins. Wait, Batman Begins is number one for you? Batman Begins is my top five movies. Impressive. Okay. <laughs> as, as favorite movies. As no, favorite. favorite. I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like, if we're going off... Oh, all like, overall. Going, yeah, personal. We're, yeah, we're going obviously, off, it's yeah. personal. Yeah. Like, you know, I. it's Dark Knight, Interstellar, Tenet for me for, like, Nolan's, like, masterpiece movies. Yeah. But personally, like, Batman Begins is number one. Totally. But. What, what about you, Kevin? What do you think? Where do you think this place is, and what what's your favorite Nolan? Um, I think Tenet for me goes above Memento. I think it goes above, slightly above Inception. Mm-hmm. I think that this was for me the most complicated Nolan movie, but yeah, um, I also think it was the most epic in a way. Um, I would. I've always thought Dark Knight is has been his best movie because I think. Not only is it the best superhero movie, it's it's one of those movies where like I don't actually think there's any flaws in it. it it's just a because I I've seen with with the uh, third Raimi Spider-Man movie Ugh. how they can poorly intertwine, you know I guess essentially two villains, and I thought Dark Knight did it so so flawlessly, where you know you have Two Face and Joker at the same time, but Joker is basically using. Two face to like push forward, you know, his mm-hmm. agenda and stuff. We, because, I mean, technically, there's three villains. Who's the third villain? Scarecrow's in it. Scarecrow's <laughs> in it at the very beginning. Yeah. Scarecrow's a drug, all three, drug dealer. Yeah. yeah, that's true. He is in all three of them. But, um, no, I think Tenet is, it's definitely top three Nolan movies for me. I don't know where it ranks um, within that. It's probably number two at this point behind Dark Knight. But I've also not seen. Inter- Interstellar. I haven't seen. You haven't seen Interstellar. No, and I have. What's the other one? Insomnia. Insomnia. Yeah, but you don't have to watch. Insomnia is like his second movie. And it's been. I I haven't seen Prestige since it was in the theater. Like so, a out million of years. all of them, as much as like I love Prestige, I would say Prestige is actually one of his most forgettable on like a wide scale. Like okay. I don't know. Barely anyone who mentions Prestige when talking about Christopher Nolan. And I don't know how many people have actually seen that movie. I mean, which is it, weird because it's yeah. like Christian Bale and like Hugh Jackman, and you'd think those two names would get people to watch it, but 
and uh, David Bowie and David Bowie and Scarlett Johansson. It's just like all these names, but people. Yeah. And like the other thing too, is I feel with Tenet, I feel compelled to rewatch this movie soon. Whereas when I saw, do it, when I saw it, do it. Uh, when I saw inception, I didn't have the feeling of like, I want to see this again right away. I was kind of like, well, that was exhausting. Like I need about a six month break and then I'll go back and rewatch it. Mm-hmm. This one I I feel like I want to go back because I'll get a lot out of it. Obviously because it was confusing for me, but solid, 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 solid. What about you, Ben? What's uh, Inception number ranks? one? Okay, okay. Tenant number two, Dark Knight number three. Solid list. Yeah. So I mean, we're all pretty close. Like we all yeah. have Tenant way up there. So I don't feel as crazy as it it being. My Yours favorite. is number one, and then yeah, but I mean, like, uh, like almost my list of Nolan movies, pretty much goes in order of like release, outside of like Memento and Insomnia. But it's like, you know, I feel Batman Begins is better than Memento. I like Prestige more than Batman Begins. Obviously, I like Dark Knight before the Prestige. I like Inception more than Dark Knight. I like Dark Knight Rises more than Dark Knight. I like Inter- like Inter- when I saw Interstellar, I was like, "This is my favorite Nolan movie." I absolutely freaking love Interstellar, and then Dunkirk. Then that's where it falls apart. I think Dunkirk is a middle, like I feel Dunkirk is above, you know, Memento. It's mm-hmm. above Batman Begins. It's above Prestige. Dunkirk but is it's a not... specific watch. Yeah, and I feel like the other ones are more have he. <clears throat> He has a mass appeal. Like, he doesn't go the Denny Villanueva where it's like, it's very niche with what he, who he's targeting as an audience. Nolan has his heady moments, but his movies are massively appealing to people. And Dunkirk. I think Dunkirk is more spectacle. The, yeah, Dunkirk went to that it's, niche of like, you, you have to know what Dunkirk is to enjoy Dunkirk. Because I've had many people who wanted Saving Private Ryan, and what? Gave, yeah, like just the you know they wanted character they wanted, they wanted that kind of war movie. Yeah, that is one of his, like, his thirty outside, favorite outside, movies. Yeah, outside of the dogfight, there isn't yeah. like the, uh, other than the opening scene, there isn't really any like battle. there is no battling yeah. in it. It's, the the most tense moment in that movie is definitely when they're in the ship. Yes, and it's less and it's getting, and it's getting shot. Up. I was like. It's oh less character, gosh. like they're all soldiers. Like you don't, you maybe can notice one character from the other, but it's more about the whole group getting off the island and not focusing on one person. Yeah, to, to yeah. the and to the point of like you feel for these characters even r- without knowing their name, hearing them mm-hmm. say anything, or like saying a line, like the French soldier, like he doesn't say anything, but yeah. they do such a good job of mm-hmm. interaction in between those two. You feel for him, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, even uh, like Tom Hardy as the pilot, like him talking, he's just talking about feel. He's talking about this. He isn't really saying anything, yeah. but like, you like he's the hero. Of the only the character film. moment is at the end when he gets out and he pulls the gun out to take on the the, Germans. the Nazi the yeah. Germans that are coming down. Yeah, the, exactly. The, Which so. I I liked it because World War Two is obviously such a big event that affected everyone on the planet, and so I like the fact that they rather than focus on a few people, it was like different perspectives Mm -hmm. because it was such a big conflict even though it was all centered around that like escape back to britain which and what's great about dunkirk is it it, it's it's like almost like world war 1.5 
mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like here's a major event that happened before people really know about World War II because there's a great uh, – the end of the film is basically the starting of like really when World War II kicks R- off up, with, yeah. you know, with Churchill giving his speech – and then also, like, that was really before America took part, mm-hmm. right? Well, so was, it's just, like... That was the turning point of the war, yeah. right? Because Battle of Britain was when things turned around, mm-hmm. kind of. Because the Germans were pretty much just kicking everyone's ass, like, the whole <laughs> the whole war up until that point. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have a question for you guys, because you brought up uh, Denny... Villanueva. So, a lot of people have always tossed around the idea that Nolan should do a Star Wars movie. Would you like? Would you rather see Nolan or Denny do a Star Wars movie? Both. Yeah. I, yeah. Give, well, give us both, but also no. Because because I want I would to want have, Denny to do Old Republic. I oh just God, want so these bad. are two people that I want full creative control. Yes. And we saw what that did, and I'm I'd rather them not be constrained by a story that they have to. Well, Denny, well, they Denny, would do, they Denny would do seems to be own, good at it. They would do their own Star Wars yeah. story. Yeah. yeah. So you just you just say, hey, tell a Star Wars story. You get carte blanche. Yeah, but you can do whatever you want. Just I, do I it know in that a Denny Nolan did, style. But he, but Blade Runner twenty forty nine is so much different than the original Blade Runner. Oh, well, the original Blade Runner uh, isn't is, good. Yeah, and then and with Dune, it's I'm hard. I'm so be, excited. It's, for Dune. it's hard because his is more based off the book than the original uh, movie. movie movie and so that's where it's he's and he has said that you know his dream movie is Dune like he has done every movie well, working up to Dune this is why I would be okay more with Danny than with Nolan yeah is because Danny does a really good job of taking worlds that are very very interesting and making them better Okay. Which I feel he's going to do with Dune, yeah. which he did with Blade Runner 24, because that was the best part of Blade Runner, was the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Blade Runner is, like, everyone should go watch Blade Runner. Harrison Ford is not that great in it. The villain is excellent. I love the villain from Blade mm-hmm. Runner. All, it, but the best thing about Blade Runner is the world it builds. And, yes. and it's just so I would say, interesting. I would say, uh, I forgot his name. Main character. Huh, you, you, Harrison Ford? Oh, you mean the original... Yeah, Blade I'm talking Runner. about. Oh, yeah, they, I'm talking about the original talking about Blade, Blade Runner. Runner no, 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 no. I'm talking about the original Blade oh, Runner. Okay, yeah, Same yeah, thing. Yeah. The original Dune. Like, yeah. it. First of all, it's super long. There's 18 different versions. It's not the greatest, right? But the world of Dune is super interesting. And there's only one version of Dune. There's like director's cut. Yeah, there's the director's cut, and not as bad as Blade Runner. Oh Blade no, Runner no, no, has, no, no, yeah. no, no, it's no Blade Runner. Blade Runner has a million versions. Yeah. Dune only has 18. That's right. <laughs> it has where, two. That's where That's 18. Say, yeah, it's 18. Come on now. Get it together. Uh, but I'm, I, a, I'm a, a staunch original Dune defender just because I love uh, Lynch. David and it's, Lynch. Very Lynch, it's a very Lynch movie. Yes, so I think it not. I, I look at it more as a Lynch movie with Geiger stylings than i do a dune movie yeah totally that's that's totally understandable but that's why like i would be more comfortable with danny is i think he could take a interesting universe star wars and do something special with it because like the original trilogy like yes i love the original trilogy but the universe is so awesome and that's Mm -hmm. the reason why i love like rogue one is my favorite star wars movie is because it 
tells a Star Wars story without everything you think needs to be in Star Wars. There, right. You know, the Force is talked about, and there's no Jedi, and it's basically just the beginnings of the Rebellion, but it's told in a special universe, in a special story, and mm-hmm. it's just like, not everything has to be about Skywalker. Not but, everything yeah, has to be this. Gareth or, Edwards pays the highest amount of respect to the universe exactly. that he's playing in. And yeah, I exactly. think Rogue One, when I, I think... So uh, I'll agree. Denny would be the... Would be the one. Yeah, because I see like Nolan. I when I think of Rogue One, I'm like Nolan could have probably made a movie like that. I could see him doing. Yeah, that. I just, I to me, um, Ryan Johnson is very Nolan esque with his movies. His movies are very specific How and dare you. The, there, there's Other one than <laughs> Last Jedi. I love Ryan Johnson movies. There's oh, one. Agreed. There's one. Big, but he's made a bad movie. Nolan has not. <laughs> there's one big difference between the two, though, and I think Ryan Johnson hates world building. Well, and I don't know if he he likes doing his own world building. But he and he, that's and that's where he doesn't like playing with other people's worlds. And you see that I don't think Christopher Nolan does either. And you see that with his Batman movies, where and his, Insomnia. Yeah, and it's just like these movies are. Uh, the Batman movies aren't great, like Batman comic movies. They are great uh, Nolan, Nolan, Nolan using, movies using Batman, using yeah. Batman characters. That's true, and that's you know, it's one of my biggest gripes with Rise, Dark Knight Rises. Is just like these characters. I felt like the the characters in the first two had more of a homage to them than Rises did. Uh, as much as I love Tom Hardy's Bane, it's just. Yes, or yes. He, it's just like, like I'm used to Bane being Brazilian, so it's just like having him be <laughs> a Englishman was weird. Uh, no, and that's where that's where something like a 007, where it's there is no world building with the 007s because they each actor it's a yeah brand each new, movie yeah each saga each one is yeah and so that's where I think he could it's the Batman of like he can make his own version of this. And whereas that's, he would, I would say we'd get more something like The Last Jedi from Nolan, not as a bad movie, but just like it wouldn't fit with the rest of the Star Wars. Well, this is where the conversation would have to go if that, if Ryan Johnson did his own Star Wars thing and not the second movie of a trilogy, yeah. then is it as bad? I, that's I, why we're I, saying I, Nolan, I, I Nolan think, gets to do what he wants. I still he think so because... Johnson did stuff in his Star Wars universe, in his Star Wars movie, that doesn't make sense within in the, the universe. universe. Yeah, and it's just like he, like the the hyperspacing through ships, is just like that's not a thing, and you just made it a thing. The, you know, communicating across the galaxy with the Force, it's like that's not a thing, but you just made it a thing, and it's just that there's elements. That he went, oh, I think this might be Star Wars, so I'm going to throw it in here without actually being like that. It it doesn't fit in this universe. The well, communicating yeah. thing was hinted at. When? The Leia, no, Leia you can talk. Luke. You can talk. You can communicate through the Force, but I, they're almost I, always the sensing, when they're very yeah. close. It's, it's never yeah. as much as yeah. The, yeah. He well, did. And, and like sensing, like I know Yoda has sensed, and there's like a there's an imbalance. You sense an imbalance in the Force. But there's but never that's been on like, a massive scale. Yeah, but this this isn't like, you know, I literally in can the see room. you, and it's just like, mm-hmm. or, or you know, the projection of oneself across the mm-hmm. galaxy is. Well, and like they have the whole thing with Grogu when he reaches out, and Luke obviously 
Here's but that's that, not, yeah, that's they ha- that they had to yeah. do because he set it up. Well, well and, and I, not even just that, but like they they then provided a specific like this this stone this stone. Yeah. There's this is built for that. Yeah, it's like a instead beacon, of being basically. like oh they can just reach out and it it literally was so you know, powerful that God. Mando couldn't like break it right, and yeah. he was like sucked in and it yeah. shot off this giant. Like beam. if they had done that, yeah, I would have been more okay with it. But just the fact that like. Palpatine was able to connect them through that. It was just so annoying. Well, uh, Sam Whitner, Whitwer summed it up best. He's the guy who does. Yeah, he did. Darth he Maul's he voice. was Star Killer in uh, Force, Force Unleashed. Unleashed, and then he was Darth Maul's he, voice. Yeah. He was talking about Last Jedi, and he's like Ryan Johnson. I'm surprised he actually said this because he's employed by Disney. He said he didn't do his Star Wars research before no. he well, made the movie. The reason he said that is because he's one of the biggest Star Wars nerds. Like, yeah. he goes into like the whole. Darth Darth Maul Obi Wan last fight scene, like he goes into like the tiniest details yeah. of how special that fight scene is and why it's so special. Right, I love. Like, he's just. Yeah. I I was he kind of Star Wars. I agree with you guys though. That I think if either of them did a movie, I'd want it to be probably centuries before. The, old, I wouldn't want it to be yeah, like, yeah. in the saga because the Skywalker saga now, other than like the stuff that Favreau and Filoni are doing. Mm-hmm. Well, and then now, of course, you got the Rogue One show and all that stuff. But Oh, Cassian. I really want Old Republic. Yeah, it's time to move, and they're doing High Republic, but... Or, uh, or post whatever crap we got. Like, give me non-Skywalker, like, post-8. I'd be happy with, like, a Jedi Academy. Yeah, like a... Like, a, like that's... <laughs> Like give me post eight. Only the only problem is I if they go post nine, I don't want like further acknowledgement that this stuff actually happened. Well, they they have. I want it to like some capacity. I mean, they had to tie in Mandalorian to it too with the clones. Yeah, but like that's that's what bothers me the most is just like you after nine, you now have the ability literally to do anything because because the empire is but gone Jesus Skywalker yeah you have this fake Skywalker but then you have like <laughs> the the first order is gone the I'm new excited. republic's gone I'm, I'm excited and for like everything is gone you have the ability to restart like all the all the past characters are dead Oh so yeah, they like, made sure of that. Yeah, yeah but um, what about Chewbacca? Oh god, yeah, right. Chewbacca. Never mind. Chewbacca yeah, will, is Chewbacca, Chewbacca in this game? Chewbacca will be forever eternal. Just just wait till uh, episode ten where they they have the very first order oh, come back. Well, and that's my thing. Like, is like, don't the... make it episode ten. Like just just it's a Star Wars yeah. sto- story. I'm I'm excited for when uh, Poe Solo comes. Oh my gosh! Because Poe Dameron has decided to identify as a Solo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And <laughs> but one last thing before we go, oh no one long God. episode, but I do, I, I would be missed if I didn't ask you after seeing this movie, mm-hmm. does this make you more or less comfortable or, or still the same of knowing that Robert Pattinson is going to be playing Batman? More comfortable. Um, I mean, I was already in that boat. Um, it's really unfortunate that Twilight is like, it's so attached That's to him. It's so attached to him because he is an incredible actor. He is awesome in and this movie. It, it took me a little bit to realize that. But then like after seeing The Lighthouse and uh he was in a movie with um Tom Hardy, wasn't he? Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Guy Guy oh, Pierce. Was, was it Guy Pierce? <laughs> yeah. Um it was like a 
I just remember him being good in that. I don't remember the premise of that movie. So he he was part of a gang. Okay. But he was kind of good. Okay. <laughs> good. They know. were friends. Yeah. Um no, and I think he is a he is a really good actor and I could see him playing a like especially after seeing this, like he can do Bruce Wayne in my opinion. And I think he can. Uh, if he bulks up, he can do the the Batman part. Yeah, I I never had any um, reservations about him being Batman. I guess I've never seen a Twilight movie, so I don't have that stain on, you know, his his legacy. But um, obviously, after Tenet, uh, it makes me more confident. But I was already willing to give him give him a shot. I will admit that the trailer for that movie, I was I was not into so- it. So. There are two versions. There's an international version that's really good, I'll have and to then watch there that. is okay. a, a American version that's really bad. And there's like hip hop like thrown into the, like the trailer music, which just which like one? with Tenant, yeah, with Tenant. And it's no, weird. no, no. He's talking about Batman, the Batman, the Batman. Oh, never mind. Yeah, you didn't like that trailer. I, <laughs> <laughs> I really like that trailer. Yeah, I was like, and okay, when he when he takes out that dude. Like no, that part was great, but I'm just like, okay, how how yeah. dark are we going to go with Batman? Are we going to go even darker than like well, we've ever seen well, before? Well, that's because after the Batman, the next movie is The Darker Knight. Yeah, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then it's The Darker like, Knight rises again. It rises a little higher no, than the last darkest night. No, the I just didn't. Night rises again. I I guess the trailer. I was like, I don't know what this movie is going to be about. It looks he's well, taking on the, he's taking on the Riddler. Okay, it is the Riddler. I was like, Penguin is in it. Yeah, it's okay. he's being played by um, Not Colin Hanks, Firth, Farrell, Colin Farrell. Colin he's Farrell playing the Penguin. Yes, really. Who's the okay. Riddler? Paul Dano. Yeah. <laughs> Ben's uh, like that's so, a pass from so, me, dog. So if you know, if you know that I don't like boats and and you don't like Paul Dano games, Ben. Really doesn't Dan- like D- Paul Dano. I despise Paul Dano, it, which is funny because I don't know why. Was that the but, guy who did the the thing where he like writes in the book and the girl has to do whatever he writes? I don't know. Yeah, nope. Colin we, Colin Farrell, Oswald Cobblepot. Interesting. I, I watched a movie with you where oh, I, Andy I thought it was Alfred Paul Dano and like yes, Bam, he like that. controls this girl by writing in a book or something. And I, maybe that's not Paul Dano. No, did you see Cowboys and Aliens? No. Okay, I don't remember. I'm that. sorry. Wait, have you is seen that a real movie? Have you yes. seen There Wait, Will Be Harrison Blood? Ford. No. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Have you seen Looper? Yes. He's Which... the he's the best friend that ends up getting. No, I know who Paul Dano is. I oh. just was thinking that oh, that okay. movie had Paul Dano because I remember. Yeah, ben, I have no memory of this. Movie. You, I remember you were talking about. You're like, oh, that was a good movie, but I hate Paul Dano. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was a different movie. Uh, Swiss Army Man. <laughs> I haven't seen that. He's it was, he's, is he the one that finds... Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah. Which is a ridiculous movie, but uh, cinematography oh. and soundtrack was amazing. Yeah, I guess I, I do have to clarify, Like I liked everything with Robert Pattinson in it, in that trailer. Okay. But the whole... I, I didn't realize it was the Riddler. Yes. I was just kind of like, this looks like a dark movie. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But. And Paul Dano is the Riddler. Okay. I mean, I'm still going to watch I it. I just find it funny because like... Ben is like, I want to punch him in the face every time I see him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but he plays characters that you want to punch in the face. Like, then he's doing his job. It's it's uh, 
Like uh, Prisoners, if you haven't seen Prisoners, he, I feel like in Prisoners, he plays the like epitome of epitome. Epitome? epitome. epitome? <laughs> yes. Normally you're on top of... I know, crap. I know. Uh, epitome of uh, the character that you think that <laughs> in his head. <laughs> epitome. The, epi- the epitome of the character that he is in your head. And that like he is, and he gets punched in the face a lot, so... I feel like it might be cathartic for you. <laughs> it's like uh, Andrew, Andrew after saying epitone made sure to drop cathartic <laughs> to let you know. I've seen I it. I saw, I saw them drop from space. Prisoners? No, that was the other movie. Well, Never yeah. mind. <laughs> Never like, mind. Prisoners is a Denny Villanueva movie. Never mind. With Hugh Jackman. No, what was I thinking of? And Jack Gyllenhaal. This guy Pierce. Jack. They were up in space. Jack Gyllenhaal. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Know it, I know it. I know. Yeah, what it's movie like you're a about, it's but... like a prison space movie, yes. and then they just drop and parachute out of space. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. drop just... down from yeah. space. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, there is no down in space. Yeah. Exactly. But they drop down. Halo ODST. <laughs> well, it's no, no. Like, that makes sense because it it's a drop it pod. was it was yeah it was a pod that was dropped it with was jets. Thrust, it was thrust. They just down stepped in a off. And they stepped down. off and shot down. Right. Yeah. From space. Yeah. What was the name of that movie? And then parachuted. Wasn't it Prisoners or something like that? And then, and then parachuted onto or lock, the, lockdown. Onto a, onto lockdown. Lockdown. Was it lockdown? Yes. Yeah. Onto a highway. Yeah. They parachuted onto a highway from space. Nice. Yeah. Well. <laughs> no better way. Terrible. Yeah. No, no better way. This is like the, I, that's what I want from the podcast. And if you have made it this far, you're welcome. You're part hey, of the remember friendship. when we talked about this? Is, yeah. Right. Yeah. But this is this is kind of what the podcast is. It's you know four friends getting. I think know. Robert Pattinson would make a great bet. Thanks, <laughs> Ben. There you go, Ben. But this is what the podcast should be. Is that you know the whole reason why we're doing it is because we're having awesome conversations. We're just like. You know what? We're really smart. Yeah, Other people should Epitome. hear, and people should hear Super what smart. we have to say. We should put a mic in front. Of yeah, us. yeah. <laughs> Very well, we, we did it so you can listen to the podcast backwards now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Ye